what is up on our play for this week? Could Starfield's delay help it become game of the year? Will Counter-Strike 2 have enough bullets to dethrone Call of Duty? Is Sony right to fear Microsoft sabotaging Call of Duty if the deal goes through? All these answers and more on Season 7, Episode 10 of Press X to Start's Gamers Digest. I am your host, DJ, a.k.a. Sexy Vatroids, a.k.a. I got all the bullets. I am joined by... I am Sean M.F. Ross. What the M.F. stand for? The Lingerie Literati. <laughs> I know where that came from. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. And we are joined by... Avery. Hello. Nailed it. Consistency is king, and Avery's all about consistency. Now you know who we are. Press X Starts Gamer Digest is a video podcast that can send the most important gaming news from this past week into an hour-long meal just for you. We are live on YouTube right now. That is exactly 3.01. We even uh, adjusted for daylight savings. So almost got us there, but you didn't in America. Hmm. Every Sunday, 3 p.m. All right. Don't forget, you can support us by liking the video, subscribing to the channel, and hit the notification bell. If you are listening, we would appreciate you leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast services you are tuned in on. If you want to join our conversations, you can by joining our Discord at pressxnumber2start.com slash Discord. Now that we've done all that, I think we can talk about what happened this week. (laughs) Avery, what's up? What's going on with the gaming news? Okay, so our first two stories are go in tandem, but they're about two separate different games. I'm wrapping them in the exact same bucket. Uh, We have two major game delays. Uh, Our first story comes from Tom Ivan from VGC. Suicide Squad Killed of Justice League could be delayed to 2024, it is claimed. Uh, This is in reference to the fact that during this week, uh, Suicide Squad Killed of Justice League was delayed. Uh, I'm pretty sure they gave it a release date towards the end of the... uh, To later this year, I believe. Yeah, it was pushed back to later this year without a definitive date, and all circulating rumors are that it's going to be pushed back much further. Uh, and then our second story is from Sissy Jing from Kotaku. Starfield drops in September, Deep Dive direct in June. So which one of these two games do you guys want to tackle first? <sighs> Let's do Suicide Squad first. Okay, yeah. So Suicide Squad had a big state of play rollout to show off its game and its gameplay. And what a lot of people were left feeling was, why is this game a game of the service? Game looks fun. Why is this a game a game of the service? Also. Why does this game play the way it plays like? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Rocksteady did a lot in their video trying to convince people that this was the right play to make, but it very much feels like, especially in the wake of Gotham Knights, that this seems to have been a publishing decision from up high to make a game as a service. Both those studios have jumped into those waters instead of just sticking to what they're good at. Uh, this one is weird because they're pushing it back, we don't have a definitive date, possibly just next year. Yeah. The game is on track to release at its original date. This isn't a delay because it's unpolished. Like, if you watch that state of play trailer, the game looks fine. It looks fun for the type of game that it's supposed to be. So the question is, what are they trying to fix from now to the release? Right. Um, yeah. See, I think that's a hard question. And... The idea would be, okay, they push it back. They try to figure out how to market this game better. But that's if they are trying to push it back for this year. If they're trying to push it back for next year, I think that is also weird in that there might be some time to do something with the gameplay that could be a a change to what we've seen. But even that's risky because you have less than a year in that case to like make this game work better. Like, you know, also we haven't even played the game, so we don't know if the game is actually fun. We don't know if the game is as bad as it looks or let me not say that because there is a game there. It's just not what people was expecting. And it looks very generic in some ways. Like there's a lot of people comparing this to outriders, you know, outriders was fun for the people who played it. Uh, they're comparing it to Anthem and even Marvel's Avengers. So 
those games were fun in their own right. It's just, you know, they had shortcomings in, in whatever field that they were in. So it is a really, really weird kind of place to be with this game. You know, I think we were all pretty uh, down on it when we saw it, you know, as well as most yeah. people. But yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting what the next, I guess, marketing push is for this game, if there is another marketing push for this game. This is a tough genre to crack. Um I don't know why they felt the need for everything to be super balanced if it's not a PvE or PvP of any sort. Um, what do you mean by balance? Everybody has guns. Everybody has the ability to fly. Uh, nobody. Like everyone shares any... the same kind of. Mechanics. From what we've seen so oh, far. Like when you when, when okay, not balance, but everyone has the same gameplay loop. Because when you yeah, say yeah. balance and you bring up PVE, PVP, that tells me like, oh, like this is destiny balance. Like, well, uh, yeah, so I was thinking when I yeah. say balance, I mean, as far as the character capabilities. Yeah, there is no reason to pick one or the other other than, you know, cosmetics. Right. Right. That we know of as of yet. That we know of. But um, I really hate to see Rocksteady fall flat on their face with this one. But uh. I don't know. They had a vision, and I guess we just got to see what the hell they were trying to do when it comes to review times. Yeah. And then there's the other side to this where when Gotham Knights came out, you know, I think the hope was, all right, well, this isn't looking too great, but hopefully those resources are going into Suicide Squad and making that a more polished game. And at that point, we did see trailers that looked pretty good, like visually. But now that we get this gameplay, it's like, I oh, I've no. been on the downhill but, on Suicide Squad yes. from Jump Street. Yes. The, minute, the, the minute they were announced it was a Suicide Squad game, okay, mm. they said it was about killing the Justice League. I was like, okay, so you're not confident about it being a Suicide Squad game, so you threw mm. in Justice League in there to market it. That's probably not the most uplifting decision. And then they showed it was a four v, uh, four-player game, a co-op yeah. game. I'm like, oh, yeah, this yeah. is not going to be what anyone wants. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that. You know, it's, I, I don't think, Based off of this conversation, listener slash viewer, I'm pretty sure you could tell that n- none of us was planning on getting this. I think the only person that was like higher on it was Jordan. No, nah, I was kind of hyped for the. Oh, were you? Okay. Presentation, like the story, I liked what they were showing us so far yeah. until they showed us the gameplay, and it's just like <laughs> I like the cutscenes. <laughs> it's just shoot the glowing spot. Like I hope the story is pretty good, but um, yeah, yeah. I don't ever watch a Let's Play of anything, so I guess I may not uh, be experiencing the story. So, yeah, I have never watched a yep. Let's Play. Like at all? At all. You hear that, viewers? Healing, watch our content. Can you believe that? We don't have that? Let's Play. Shut up. Hey, we had the one like Call of Duty thing, all right? And he didn't even watch it. Can you believe that? It, although I was he was in it. it you said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, Starfield. Yeah. Yeah. And so, Starfield, uh, Xbox did the super bold marketing thing. They gave Starfield its flowers in their big thing of, hey, everyone, every game you're going to see here is going to be in the next 12 months. Uh, That showcase was in, I want to say, June, July. So we are all expecting every game in here to have a release date from the next year. And as a marketing beat, super great. And I'm not going to fault them on the confidence here. But as someone who saw that trailer footage and was like, Ooh, this, this is probably going to need a little bit more time. I was like, I, I've been on the, this game is going to get delayed beat for a long period of time. Uh, they didn't talk about it really much. There were the uh, uh, Xbox developer stuff, whatever. Uh, and I've been just waiting for them to give this game its date. Uh, during this week, it was delayed from, I want to say, from no date in the first half of this year to sometime in September. Uh, We've had a lot of discussions amongst ourselves about what Starfield means to Xbox. And if Starfield is less than a game of the year, then this is the game they bought Bethesda for. Like, as, as right. good as the rest of the Bethesda uh, studios are and things like that, you bought Zenimax for Bethesda proper. And Bethesda proper's next game is going to be Starfield. It is fundamentally the only game so far of Bethesda's release that you're also not releasing multi-platform because you want it to be a system seller for Xbox. So this yeah. game has a lot of keep riding on it that and elden ring six no elder not Scrolls. elden ring you know what the fuck <laughs> I, mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like wait elden ring they got elden ring where they get that <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about the uh elder scrolls i want to hear what microsoft's uh, response to why that game is not going to be multi-platform based upon everything they've talked about over the last yeah 
year and a half about the exclusivity in their acquired studio games. But yeah, so this game had a lot of heat on it. Uh, we're all in the mindset that it's going to be the selling point of Game Pass. It is also the point of truth of Game Pass to whether it has not real longevity because it has longevity, or whether it's going to truly be the ecosystem shaker that uh, Microsoft believes it to be beyond what they're traditionally doing. Like if they get a really, really big boost from Game, yeah, for, uh, Starfield, then it's like, okay, well, this strategy is working. Like you buy a AAA game, you foster a little bit and you release on your platform and you get a bunch of people to get on Game Pass and they stay on Game Pass and you just keep doing that until you've ruled the world or something yeah. like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing, based on everything I know about Bethesda, this is a polished thing. Yeah. They only put, they, yeah. they pushed it back for like, realistically three or four months beyond what they originally envisioned it to four. Uh, so I don't think this is necessarily going to be anything big because we, I believe fundamentally that we live in a time where Bethesda can't get away with the Bethesda bugs anymore, that they yeah. can't release a game. And have I it think like, they could, if it was not on game pass, because the only people who would be buying it would be Bethesda fans and they would be anticipating Bethesda bullshit. Now that it's going to be on game pass, people who would not normally play this shit have access to it just because Mm, it's the next newest big thing. I'm sure when it gets on there, it's going to be on the fucking splash page for Game Pass and all that. They're probably going to have their hear their views and see all the memes on Reddit and shit. And I got Game Pass. Let me check it out. Oh, this yeah. is dog shit. I'll never play another. But they're trying to <laughs> they're trying to avoid that. They're trying to avoid. I'll that. never and play think, another game with Star or Field in the title ever again. I, I, I no, but I agree with uh, Avery though. This is a polished thing where this is going to get a much larger audience than it normally would have. Yeah, just because people aren't yeah. paying for it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think, you know, best case scenario, they had the game ready for, you know, between the time that they did that direct in June. And they're like, okay, well, the game is ready. We do have a couple of bugs that we need to deal with. Or not a couple. We do have some yeah. bugs that we need to Yo, deal with. Yeah, three months is not a couple <laughs> of bugs. Right. <laughs> We have some bugs we need to deal with. Microsoft Three months like, is you, you can't actually launch into space. The game crashes. Yeah. Right? We, we gotta fix that. <laughs> we get about five feet off the ground and then things just go <laughs> really Wait bad. A is this Kerbal Space Program? What the fuck? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but like I had actually went back and watched that first trailer that the show and they like because I kind of missed a lot of the stuff that they talked about that's going to be a part of that game. So like you can. Build your own like um, space, you, yeah, your spaceship. You, like, it's like this game is fundamentally an evolution of shit they are working on in Fallout Four, but with the added bullshit of No Man's Sky, and which is why I'm yeah. like, which is why I'm still confident that when this game comes out, it's still going to be a Bethesda buggy mess because this is mm. them messing with a brand new engine. I think so. This is Creation Engine Two, right? Mm. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. I believe they're working with a brand new engine. Uh. This is going to be the biggest game they've ever made. They put on so many like lofty, this is going to be a game of a generation kind of bullshit things where like the world's going to have a thousand of the planets that you can all land on and explore and go everywhere in that direction. And like my big fear is that like in between now and when people play Real that quick, game, it is creation engine too. You're right. Yeah. In between now and when people play that game, shit has changed. They've downscoped and they have to deal with the marketing BS around that. Like I, vehemently remember Mass Effect 3 playing that being told that this game is going to have so many different endings that like it's going to truly matter yeah. what you play and when you get to it it's like I right, here are three endings and that's about it everything else you really did means absolutely nothing I'm like oh, this is disappointing so that's my big fear going into this yeah I, I definitely you know as I said at the top of the show I think this delay is going to set them on the path of this game becoming game of the year I think even with its bugs as long as it can be a more polished experience than the typical Bethesda game experience that's going to affect a lot of people very highly I think the only thing that could be a detractor for this game would be the fact that you're in space would be the fact that you are finding these random planets you know that's always been a problem for No Man's Sky that's definitely a problem where it can, well, but like, at least like, for No Man's Sky as it's evolved, they've added way more stuff. And at its very base level, it wasn't a triple A experience. It was very much a high polished triple I indie game. So no one was going in, like, it got hyped. But no, anyone with any eyes didn't go into that game and, like, I, right, there's going to be 
pirate warlords on this planet. I'm gonna get to exactly. a long yeah, side yeah. quest of like, no, it's it's your space mining game uh, going to individual worlds, which is what right. the Bethesda has to bring. Like, it can't yeah. just yeah, be exactly No Man's Sky. But with yeah, that's graphics. what I was getting at. Like, the side that they really have to convince people is interweaving the the Bethesda like decision tree systems that they're accustomed to having with this whole space theme, with this whole random planet stuff, with this whole base building, with this whole spaceship building. And it's like, it's a lot that they have to do and it's a lot they have to nail. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in this. I think that this is going to be the game of the year, even though we have so many other really good games coming out. But I, I'm, I, it's really early. I haven't seen much on yeah, this. I wouldn't, I, I, that is a bold shot in a world where uh, Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out. Ooh. Yeah, that's a bold shot. A brand new I forgot IP about is, that. I have it on my list, new, I forgot about <laughs> It's definitely, if, if they play their cards right, this should be in the game of the year conversation. I don't mm, think yeah. this is going to be the definitive game of the year. Uh, but to finish this up, is anyone here going to play Starfield? Uh, if, I, if I can access it somehow on something, on Cloudwise, or if I catch a lick off of an Xbox, you know. Mm. Yeah. I'm in a weird place because... I may borrow my brother-in-law's Xbox. Go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) When I saw it again, or like when I just watched her again, I was like, oh, you know what? This is actually really interesting. I don't know if my brain then changed. I don't know if I just got a lot older. You know, things just slow down in my head. I'm like, ah, this is a little different from how I first, you know, um, interacted with it. So I'm waiting on their June direct to see like what they have to say. And like that's going to be the time where I decide like, okay, you know what? I will figure out a way to invest into this because I think this game has potential or just a potential for me to have fun with it. So that June direct is going to be where I, I decide. Yeah. I've already written this game off. Like, <laughs> like I, 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 if I'm being honest, I have a PC. I can absolutely run this game and play it fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after the Bethesda deal happened, I was like, Oh, I have to play this game on PC. Then I saw the June direct and I'm like, Oh, this game was completely uninteresting to me. The world, yeah. the world that they explored in it was super bland and boring. It looked like No Man's Sky, but bland and boring. Yeah. And then yeah. they showed off an extended uh, uh, like, uh, shooting section, and I'm like, this gameplay doesn't look that interesting to any other shooter I'm playing yeah. currently. Uh, and then you add on the silent protagonist exploring a world situation, then I'm like, oh, I'm out. Wait, he don't talk? Yeah, you don't talk. The silent protagonist. What the <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> we, 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 did, we did a big story like, where you don't talk. <laughs> we did a big story afterwards when they announced that they were going to do a silent protagonist. I didn't remember this. Yeah, it's a creative character silent protagonist kind of thing. For all that, I might as well go play fucking Link. Is that the <laughs> right? Is that the same though for like Fallout games too? Or is uh, your, your character voice? Fallout Four is the only one that your character has a voice, but every other Fallout game has been a voiceless protagonist. I mean, they also significantly reduce the amount of shit that you say, like as far as dialogue choices. From what I've seen overall from the fallouts, it's just gone down. Uh, so <laughs> I can like, see yeah. why they did. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Well, I would say that, but games like Mass Effect exist. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, who made Mass Effect? Bioware. Yeah. Hi, man. I guess. <laughs> I've not, I've, I've not played. Look, I tried to play Mass Effect the other day. I didn't get past uh, talking to the, the no, dude. No, Mass Effect 1 is very much you had to be there type of game. I wasn't there. Yeah. I, trust me, I played there. that game. And I, don't, <laughs> I played that game, there. and the game was so fundamentally not well thought out that if you pick Engineer, the only gun you could use was a pistol. I and that's, uh, that's how I originally beat Mass Effect 1. We have yeah. only a pistol. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is not fun. Uh, but moving on to our next story. I'm going to keep this short. This is from GameSpot.com, from Stephen T. Wright. Counter-Strike 2 is legit, coming just around the corner, report. So this popped off really hard in my socials because of how into the Valorant scene I am, and pretty much half the 95% of the Valorant scene are retired CSGO pros who couldn't make it in American CS because of how, unfortunately, uncompetitive it is compared to the other, uh, well, EU. So this is leaked by someone who uh, is reputable in the uh, PC FPS shooter base. Counter-Strike is weird in that, like, it is a game that's had, like, incremental evolution from the original Counter-Strike to, like, 1.6 and then to, like, eventually to CSGO. It's all been the same game with an evolution. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been its most popular it's ever been 
this year. So it's one like as much as I think it's a dead game, it's one hundred percent not a dead game, and it's still a very vibrant player base who likes looking at its PS3 graphics and. and and Counter Strike Two is around the corner and coming, and it's going to be super interesting to see how it reflects the uh, PC community and whether it's going to be another mass migration of uh, talent from one game to another. Yeah, do you see it leeching any talent off of uh, Valorant? One hundred percent. With franchising, fifty percent of talent in Valorant is like there's no future for you. Like unless you're fucking, uh, t- unless you're tens, you're not going to get signed to an org to be able to play this game, and mm-hmm. only VCT uh, is putting together big prize pool uh, mm-hmm. tournaments for you. So like orgs aren't looking for tier three teams who are looking to compete or looking to get better. They're looking for tier one team that they can get into franchising. And so like there are hundreds of players in NA and all over the world who just like don't have a future in the esport and will probably switch back. But we'll see That's how rough. big it is if it switch back. Yeah. It's rough to tell somebody that you don't have a future here. <laughs> My wonder is is there going to be a console release for this? Probably no, not. I doubt it. No. Okay. Hence why I gave you that look when you say whether well, it was going to rival Call of Duty. And I'm like, hey, what is hey, he, he smoking bonus? It was, it was just <laughs> to get people to watch at this point. You know, it was just to get them to watch, you know? <laughs> Play I mean, we have Call of Duty stories later. <laughs> you need right? to in there. <laughs> uh, well, actually, since you've been watching, uh, listener, Surprise, it wasn't going to dethrone Call of Duty. Call of Duty is just a massive juggernaut, you know? It is what it is. But what you can do with this time that you have now is to like our video, you know? Subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. And then if you are listening, it, it, what, am I doing something wrong? We didn't finish the current story, and then you jumped. Let him be great. <laughs> I, you know what? You know what? They don't know what I just did, Avery. So all they know is like, oh, that was a well, um, straight up, a well placed. Uh, straight up, thing. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna increase the font on all the news stories to like twenty five percent, so you just don't walk over them. Like that oh, he can just put on glasses. <laughs> the issue, the issue is the um, is my screen because I have our our beautiful faces up and then it's over the actual uh, show notes. Uh, you know, I'm just so you don't going have multiple screens. You broke, bitch. I do. I have two, sir. That's I only it? have two eyes, all right? I can only split my eyes between the two monitors, all right? I'm not an alien, Sean. You giraffe. You stupid long neck horse. Go ahead. <laughs> long neck horse. That's exactly what a giraffe is. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Avery. Uh, <laughs> fix my mistake. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we're going to end the CSGO story. Uh, I'm wondering what is going to be an evolution of this game. Like, is this going to be an Overwatch 2? Or is this actually going to be a brand new experience? Or is this just like, yeah, of what it actually means for Counter-Strike? Because that game has had the same maps, the same guns, the same economy, and like the same everything, or at least CSGO, forever. So I, I, I really want to know what this means, or this is just, hey, we upgraded the engine, and, it'll, right, and it looks right. better, and that's all we did. Yeah. Is this actual Counter-Strike 2, or is this like Counter-Strike 1.5, or Counter-Strike Go 1.5, or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so our next story... Uh, this is from Tom Ivan, and this is confirmation of something we've been talking about for a while. Square Enix uh, says for spoken launch sales were lackluster. I wonder if this was a typo or this is how it's what. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I saw that too, and I was like, is that how they spell luster over there? No, no I used the word luster a lot. That's not how you spell yeah. it. Luster <laughs> French. Anyway, uh, yeah. So uh, there is a Square earnings call, uh, financial briefing. I want to say the third. And well, it was the third of February that was the briefing was happened, but we only got yeah. translation because Square is a Japanese company now, and they pretty much said, "Yeah, uh, for spoken didn't do well, didn't do well, didn't mind our sales." That being said, we are confident that we have learned a lot from this game, and we can bring the learnings from this game to other games, which is cool. But yeah, that's uh. At least they're still working on a DLC. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Okay, uh, our next story. This is from Kotaku, this is from Alexander Hall. Everything we saw today is Capcom Spotlight event. So Capcom had a Spotlight event, which was like a mini direct, in which they talked about a couple of games that we already know of. Uh, number one, first thing they sort of showed off was the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. Uh, Mega Man Battle Network was a, was it a DS or a yeah. Game Boy Advance game? I think it was a Game Boy Advance game. That was, as someone who was a, uh, I was super into those games. And it's really cool yeah. to see them released on modern consoles now. 
Uh, I will yeah. probably check this out if I have infinite time in my uh, finite life. Next, they showed off Street Fighter Six, and there was a bunch of new footage. And if you want to see someone break it down and show you all the brand new stuff that they revealed in this, go check out a Maximilian Dude video. Uh, he 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 has he'll 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 show you stuff from like a one frame that like oh man they're bringing this back to the game. But the big <laughs> reveal for this was that hey we're announcing our final uh, announcer, which is a Japanese actress named. Hikaru Takahashi to round out their eight uh, announcers in the game for you people, and it's like okay, you people. Yes, I call. <laughs> I, I exactly said you people with the exact connotation that you believe in it to me. <laughs> uh, Pop off, Avery. <laughs> and then the next thing they showed off is they're doing a for the 40th anniversary of Capcom. They're creating a digital theme park. Which is okay, a thing, but they also announced the Capcom ID, which I believe is just there for easy crossplay. Uh, mm-hmm. which is something they haven't really talked about in a lot of their games, but it looks like it's coming to all of them. So the Capcom ID is going to allow people to play on multiple platforms uh, against each other, so create a robust community for all their eventual games going forward. Then they had a big Exo Primal, uh, I want to say showcase and blowout. I, I will say this. <laughs> I, I have no idea what the story of this game is. You don't need to know. <laughs> the exosuits look really cool. Mm-hmm. But man, does this just look like Earth Defense Force, but with yes. dinosaurs and robots? <laughs> is that so wrong? It isn't. That's a good question, you know? That's a good question. Like, like Exo Primal is one of the games where it pops up on their Capcom thing, and I'm like, oh, Exo Primal, this, this looks like it could be a fun time. And then the Capcom Direct goes away, and Exo Primal just goes away from my brain. Like, I forgot about this game until I saw it pop up, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And what they show, it's pretty cool, they show, you know, new suits, they, they show a bit more of the as story, as, as Avery mentioned, where it looks like a, a I mean, bunch the suits of, look like Warframe on crap. Like, they look amazing. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, like, the story is like some kind of time stuff, mumbo like jumbo. I don't like, know, man. Like, if this, it's, not, it's time, not just time stuff. It's like multiple worlds fucking bullshit. Multiverse. Can they fly? Wait, yeah. was that Harry Potter? Can they fly? <laughs> Can they? The suits? Yeah. Uh, mm, not like I'm Anthem. Not, uh, yeah. That's I, I was about to say, like, Anthem. Well, that's my thing. That's my thing. If the suits in Anthem look like the suits in Exo Primal, I probably may have been more excited for Anthem. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so the, the suits are really cool. Like, uh, one of the features that they're, like, touting is that the suits work as your different loadouts. So you mm-hmm. can switch your suits mid game. And mm-hmm. the whole premise of the game is you are the suits fighting robots or <laughs> these suits fighting dinosaurs, but you also fight other people. So it's PVEVP or PVPVP or whatever, whatever. That yeah, is. I'm looking at the open beta trailer. We'll try it. Yeah, so it's cool. And then there's also open, open beta for, oh, wait, this week, this week coming up. Ooh, I got to figure out mm-hmm. if I can get into that. And it's a console beta. So the first one was Steam, so I didn't do that. So I'm going to hopefully I can get in this, uh, see if there's an NDA. If there's not, I will talk about this on the next one. If, if I, there, there shouldn't be. And the other big yeah. piece of news about Exo Primal is that it's coming to Game Pass, which indicates to me the level of game it is. <laughs> what does that mean? It means, it means it's not a AAA game. It could be like Hi-Fi Rush, you know what I mean? It could, Hi-Fi it could Rush be is an Xbox <laughs> Studio game, so it operates on different rules. I think the bigger news to me is that they're uh, doing this Capcom ID bullshit. We've already oh, talked. Okay, okay Sean was clearly not paying attention to this. Week. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was going to say the bigger news in Exo Primal. Sean <laughs> said, "Fuck that game." <laughs> no, nah, I mean I'm I'm looking at the page. You know everything that they um, announced, Show, and I'm yeah. just like Capcom ID. Yeah. Okay, so ignoring Sean being uh, his earphones not working, him ignoring the five minutes me and DJ talked about the Capcom ID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sometimes it's the, going on, man. <laughs> the next thing, they, they showed off Ghost Trip. Phantom uh, <laughs> Detective, which is an HD remaster of a uh, Nintendo DS game, which is cool. Uh, they showed off more Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. They also announced it's coming to Xbox. So it, it, it came to PS5, I'm mm. going to say, early this year. Now it's coming to Xbox later in the year. Uh, I want to say April 28th. So that's cool for the Xbox mm-hmm. people who didn't get to play this game. Uh, they showed off the new trailer for the Resident Evil movie, which I'm still angry that the uh, current games of remakes didn't just wipe out the future of, of the uh, 
the Resident Evil franchise, and mm-hmm. every one of these movies and games are still in fucking continuity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the only big thing about this is that they're using the new CG model for Jill Valentine as the CG model for this movie. So you've got the Resident Evil 3 remake Jill Valentine in this movie next to a guy who I guess is Leon, and I guess to a guy who I guess is Chris. <laughs> uh, and the last big thing is that they showed off more Resident Evil 4 and they announced that it was getting a demo, the Chainsaw demo. Mm, yeah. I think that, for me, that would probably be like the biggest announcement because I think the idea of the Chainsaw demo is really interesting. Although I do have my gripes about it. So... Essentially, this whole mode procs from just you randomly starting the game. So you might buy no, the game. No, 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 no. There is a special mode within the chainsaw demo that only unlocks with RNG. But the actual chainsaw demo is the actual just the demo. And they're calling it the chainsaw demo. So, okay. So there's wait, like an extra okay, now hard can... mode in the demo that only shows up randomly. Oh, that's just in the demo. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, that's pretty cool. I take it all back. That's pretty cool. I thought this was just relegated to the actual final game, not... Okay. All right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know what? Good job, Capcom. Good job. It was... uh, It's not a lackluster event. It's just more of... We already knew what Capcom was going to show. There's absolutely no surprises. And this is still early in the year, and we're still waiting for Capcom to talk about more of their bigger things at other events. Like, this is a yeah. primer to get people excited for. I think this entirely existed to get people to care about Exo Primal and to mm-hmm. just tell people about this uh, chainsaw demo. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so our final story is once again wading into the waters of the uh, Activision Blizzard acquisition by Xbox. Uh, this is from Ethan Goss from Kotaku.com. Activision's poster in chief gives wild look inside Microsoft's Sony site. Uh, so. As always, a lot of popping off as this fight gets more pronounced on various fronts, uh, as more and more information leaks and more, well, not even leaks, more and more information is just flat out told to us by people who should be understanding about the confidentiality of, yeah. I guess, yeah. corporate acquisition and merger. Long story short, Sony has said some wild and super dumb stuff over the last couple of weeks. Case in point, that they, they fear that Microsoft would degrade the quality of Call of Duty on, on Sony platforms with their monopoly control, which is with a wild and baseless argument, which is very much in line with what I believe is Sony's endgame and all this, and I'll get to that in a second. They've also talked about how Call of Duty being owned by Xbox would ruin competition. It's like, I only want to talk about Sony's talking points in this because it's baseless, wild, and just out, out of their ass. Well, the more interesting aspect about this is the key thing of Lulu Chang Messery, who, if you don't know who she is, she is uh, Activision Blizzard's CCO, their chief communication officer. She's essentially the head of their PR department. Mm-hmm. Throughout this entire merger, she's been tweeting about this in, I want to say, to Sean's point, she's been shitposting about this, about how bad Sony is and all of this, posting memes. She had this wild take about The Last of Us that we, we talked about on this, which was insane. I have not been a fan of this woman, independent of how she feels about this merch and everything like that, based on some of her other tweets, which I just re- remembered what they were. Uh, she's an Elon Musk supporter. There's one. She thinks <laughs> unions are bad. But anyway, her big tweet that popped off all of this was that she pretty much revealed in a closed door setting that Jim Ryan turned to the Activision Blizzard and Microsoft people and said, I don't give a shit about Call of Duty. I just want to block your merger. Yeah. In so many words. <laughs> Jim Ryan's like, I don't even know what this conversation's about. I just don't like anything. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it's okay. So it's like a double-edged sword, right? Because it's like, man, like her stuff is annoying. And that's like, okay, well, we, we, we don't know this. We don't. The only reason why we know this person is because of the stuff she's tweeting about this deal. Like beyond that, it's like, all right, well, it's another person on the Internet. But it is interesting with the stuff that she is saying and i guess the fact that playstation or slash sony isn't like oh jim ryan never said that like they're not denying that so it is kind of like sony's like yeah we of course like i mean why would you deny it though yeah exactly dignify some things with a response 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's also true, though. But I, I just believe that, like, Jim Ryan looked at it as like, yeah, of course I said that. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like this deal. This deal's stupid. <laughs> I just want to go back home and play Uncharted again for the 18th time. Yeah. But yeah, this whole thing is just, I, I just ready for this to be over. Yeah. Yeah. My thing, my thing yeah. about this all is that, A, wow. Who would have thought that after everything that all Sony wants to do is block this merger? She's acting like she's dropping this bombshell, but she's right. not. Anyone with a brain realizes what Sony's plan is. It was never a fight about Call of Duty specifically for Sony. It was market share and shit that Microsoft was buying. It's like, A, I'm not surprised by what Jim Ryan said, and B, this is my big issue with her, and this is why I've I've made comments on our chat that like this woman cannot keep her job when this deal comes through. Because she seems to be really bad at PR. (laughs) Well, not Mm -hmm. bad at PR, but doesn't understand how public relations work. In that <laughs> you don't have to in this day and age. <laughs> it's like, don't you know we're journalists? <laughs> I it, my issue is she's a mouthpiece for Activision Blizzard. She represents them. She uses her public account, her pri- her, her only account, to talk about all of her business stuff. So she's effectively yeah. made her public image her business image, and the level of shit posting that she's made just seems like. I don't know. She's saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. One of my big things about corporate executives is that, like, I don't want to empathize with you. Mm-hmm. You're doing a job. Do your job. Like, here's the thing. It's easy for me to write off everything that Jim Ryan says is dumb because he doesn't try to empathize with me as a gamer. He's not trying to be cool. Exactly. So, like, when Sony makes really bad moves, I'm like, okay, this is just corporate bullshit. When Xbox makes really bad moves, I just sit there and go, like, you're a person. How did you let this happen? Because all you're doing is trying to empathize and, and will with me. And like, that's a... There's a fine line. I a, think that's an interesting way of looking. I, I don't... I kind of look at it... Both sides look at it the same in terms of like corporate bullshit. Like, yeah, Jim Ryan... Or not Jim well, Ryan, geez. Phil so, Spencer. Oh, go, go ahead. Okay, finish, finish. finish, finish no, because like, yeah, yeah uh, it's all corporate bullshit. Like, I don't trust a yeah. single thing that comes out of Phil Spencer's mouth because right. he's the corporate mouthpiece for Activision. But the difference is that Phil Spencer... No, for, continue- for Microsoft. Well, my, well, he's going to be from Activision, my bad. Well, okay, for, yeah, for Microsoft, because yeah. he's a corporate mouthpiece. They're both corporate mouthpieces. One of them I can easily ignore as like, oh, he exists only to be a corporate mouthpiece. The other one oh, is a public image figure for that. So when like things like, I have to fire hundreds of people for my company, and then I say I feel bad about this, I'm like, I don't empathize with you mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form because of the sort of uh, thing they represent. All I'm saying is that in this realm, this woman cannot keep her job as corporate relations when this goes forward. I don't yeah. understand. I, I, I see after this whole Activision stuff happening, I literally see her going to Twitter, like becoming some kind of thing in Twitter, especially with her saying like, oh yeah, Elon Musk is cool. That's all he needs. He doesn't need a resume. He just needs to know that you like him. And he's like, all right, cool. What do you want to be in this? <laughs> like, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's insane. But like, yeah. So that was the big pop-up thing about this. There are other couple of interesting things here. Real, real quick, though, I, I will say about the Sony talking about how they they don't trust Microsoft to release a good version of Call of Duty on their system if this deal goes through. I do think that for them to say something like that, it makes me think of although this is different because this was a, a Square Enix game, but like Final Fantasy 13 and how it looked on PlayStation versus how it looked on Xbox at the time. That was self-processor. Remember, the PS3 was a completely different architecture. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I think there's more evidence of Xbox games not, like, remember uh, Skyrim, how it was borked on PS3 but worked fine on Xbox 360? Mm-hmm, yeah. So, yeah, it, it makes me think of, like, man, this is, that's an interesting thing to say because up until this point, we've never had, like, something like that come out from one of the, you know, mm-hmm. big studios about stuff like this so yeah it's just interesting yeah but yeah I, i'm just i just you know whenever this is over it's over yeah i want yeah i want it to be over uh yeah. the only thing i want to talk about because i think it's super funny is uh this is from uh ign <laughs> this is from logan plant microsoft confident it can get call of duty running on nintendo switch yeah they're fine running so microsoft <laughs> here's my take on this I think this is almost confirmation of like a switch to because I think for them to say that knowing that the the, the deal isn't going to go through this year and it's not like 
the next Call of Duty is probably going to be probably what two years out or something like that, or maybe even- no. The next, the new Call of Duty this year. Yeah. Is there one planned for this year? Yeah, I don't see why okay. not. So yeah, I I definitely think that they are looking ahead in terms of like, okay, well, you know, whatever the next switch is, we will get Call of Duty to work on that because you know we've done some talks or whatever. Like I I definitely think that this is just a oh yeah, it's the next switch. Whatever the next switch is, we'll get Call of Duty working on that because I don't I, think. My big thing is there's a lot of asterisks going around in this statement in that the big thing about this statement is we're going to put Call of Duty and how it runs on other consoles on Switch. Because that was a big part of their deal about it's not that we're not putting Call of Duty on Switch. We're putting it parody with other consoles on Switch. Did they say mm-hmm. that? I'm yeah, pretty sure. The parody part? Yeah, I, I think they said that. I because no, at least they, from what I remember, like I remember them saying that. Yeah, we'll get it running on Switch. I don't think it's ever been like we're gonna get the PlayStation Five version of Call of Duty running on Switch. I mean, they can do a streaming dealy Bob like they did with that's uh, what I think. Yeah, Resident Evil or whatever it was. I think it would either be the streaming version of it or the mobile version of it running on Switch. Here's why I don't believe this. Mm-hmm. There was nothing stopping Activision before this Microsoft deal from putting this on Switch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On, on Nintendo console. They just chose not to. It's a ubiquitous console with hundreds in a while. They put Overwatch on Switch. Like, there's nothing stopping them from doing it. Yeah, it says uh, if I read into it, they won't take the cloud version approach. And uh, Warzone's engine supports PC hardware with GPU cards from back in 2015. So prior to the release of the Switch. 2017. Mm, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see how this goes. We'll see. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not confident. Yeah, but that's the last story. We can move on. <laughs> All right, we got we got a couple of minutes. Let's let's do a quick recap of things we've been playing. I will go first because it's really quick. You know what it is? Wild Hearts. You know it has my heart. I love it. I love that game. Um, a big surprise is that I've been playing a lot less of Gundam and Genshin Impact. I've been playing almost no Genshin Impact. So. It's been Wild Hearts, Call of Duty, and then I just do my dailies in Gundam, and that's been like my thing. So that's what I've been playing. It's crazy, guys. Like my life is changing. It's changing. Mm. All right, Sean, what you been playing? So I downloaded Street Fighter Duel, the mobile game, and um, it is an auto battler, actually. Yes, for the most part. I, I also you downloaded can't... that, and I was going to talk about it, but I was like, I, I don't, I'm not going to trash this game because <laughs> I, I don't like it. <laughs> it's for somebody. I just don't know who. Um, what yeah. astounds me is, and I, I, I use free loosely, the amount of free shit they give you. The screen is littered with uh, currency. I don't know if you can buy these things. The currency here, the free thing here, yeah. free thing here. I check in. I, I played it daily. You can spend a good 10 minutes just collecting all the free things they have given you. Yeah, and it's a lot. I just like kind of let it run next to my desk while I'm working, just kind of you know Street Fighter fight, yeah. you know. Um, like comparing that with Marvel Snap is just like freaking yeah. just night and day, man. I also I still play Marvel Snap. I absolutely love that game, but um, yeah, it's just it's just not it's not for me. It's not for me, you know. I, I just don't spend money on mobile games, uh, uh, but it is it's interesting what they've tried to get up and running. Um. I've played more Call of the Mountain. I am taking it slow. I got some ginger candy, but uh, VR still makes me a little bit nauseous. <laughs> uh, especially the climbing when it has you kind of climbing backwards on yeah. you know, mountainsides and shit. But uh, I took down a Thunderjaw, and it's it's pretty uh, it's an interesting story. It's an interesting little side distraction. It'll be interesting to see if we get longer and longer AAA games in the vein of this. But uh, I am enjoying it, and then uh. I played some more DMZ with uh, DJ and my cousin Savion, and uh, you know what it is, brother Lawrence just dropped in on us. <laughs> uh, Avery, <laughs> just talking his bullshit. <laughs> Man's hails from right. Des Moines, Iowa. Like, what the fuck? Right. just the most random. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in Iowa now. All, all right, Lawrence. Yep. Um, <laughs> But now we're having fun in um, DMZ season two. Shout out to uh, DJ for uh, running from the enemy and bringing him to me to shoot me last night. Thank you, DJ. <laughs> My man, it was panicked. part of the plan, Sean. Shout out, DJ. <laughs> Avery, this man ran around the corner and sprayed me immediately because he thought I was the enemy. Only for me to see he's bringing the enemy with him right behind him. 
Good the job, point was DJ. I was tricking the enemy to think that I was on his team by fake shooting you, that you were supposed to shoot through me and kill him. I don't understand why you didn't understand the plan, Sean. Like, we were both dead on the floor. I'm like, come on, Sean, what happened? <laughs> I would just yeah, say I love proximity chat in um, oh, yeah. DMZ. It is the greatest. We done caught a few people slipping. I throw up the hand like radio silence, and we go to uh, <laughs> clapping some dudes in that game. That, that game is... The entertainment it provides is hilarious. I will say that. I agree. I agree. And then Avery, to wrap it up. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to try and keep this short as possible. So, uh, new act of Valorant began, and I do what I normally do is I jump into the new act to see what's new and see how it changed the game so I can get a better understanding of how pro Valorant works. Uh, so, th- in episode six, act two, we got introduced to a new initiator character named Gecko. Uh, I don't play initiators, so I don't play Gecko, but I got to see what this character can do and how he changes the way the game works. And I swear to God, I cannot wait for this character to get hard nerfed into the ground because his kit is entirely busted. The way Gecko works is that initiators are all about creating opportunities for other players to work off of. They you typically are using flashes or other types of utility to uh, essentially enable duelists to do their jobs. Uh, the way Gecko works is that he has pets. His mm. character has four pets, Mosh Pit, Wingman, Thrash, and uh, the fucking sleepy one, D- Dizzy. Uh, the Mosh Pit is a giant molly that he can throw that covers, like, I don't know, a good 75% of the natural territory and then explodes after a short amount of time. It can do about 150 damage, which is about the amount of health someone has with low by shield. So if you don't get out of his molly, you're going to die. Uh, then he has Dizzy which is a super, super slow flash, but it's a flash you cannot dodge. Uh, If he throws it and you're just in its line of sight, you're going to get blinded. It's a short blind with a weird new effect, but it's it's a blind that you cannot dodge and goes off pretty quickly once he's in your cone of view. Then there's Thrash, which is his ultimate, which is a Sky Dog, which is a recon tool that allows you to control an object as it winds around the area, but it also has the effect of Killjoy's ultimate, which is Detain, which prevents you from doing anything. You just stand there like this for a couple of seconds. He's a much weaker, only lasts five seconds instead of ten, but it's still detained. It hits a big wide area. So if like if you're in a stack and there's a gecko with his ultimate, you're fucked because he's going to <laughs> he's going to pretty much break open the site by himself. And then there's Wingman, which is the most popular of the little buddies, which is a raised Roomba, which is a device that uh you put down you put down a path. It walks down the path until it senses a target and then it moves towards that target to an effect. The raised Roomba does damage, but his stuns. Mm. All it does is stun, but it has a wide cone, and that's not its most useful ability. Its most useful ability is that Wingman can plant and defuse the spike. So while as long mm. as Gecko's alive, he can just send Wingman out to plant spike and then still shoot his gun. Oh, interesting. And he can also have Wingman defuse and still shoot his gun. That uh, doesn't that that seems kind of like a really open I'm, sh- I'm sure it sounds oh, yeah. broken, but it's oh, okay. Okay, so it is broken. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, and then what makes Gecko the most broken <laughs> is that unlike every other character in this game, all of his abilities are rechargeable. In that, when he drops a pet, he can pick it back up and then use it ten seconds later. So theoretically, you can get off seven wingmen, seven dizzies, a couple of thrashes during a round. Wow. His ability to take space is insane. Can you kill the pets? You Do they kill, have like health bars? All, you can kill all of the pets except for Mosh. Damn. But I feel bad for Valorant because I know uh, they take forever to balance shit. Unlike uh, Apex, they all let shit ride for a couple weeks and then be like, all right, y'all had enough fun. <laughs> Are y'all sure y'all hate this? It's, Are you sure? As really? someone <laughs> who plays both and remembers how fucking broken Seer still is, Mm-hmm. I, I'm not gonna uh, throw. They have stones. toned down Seer considerably. Come he on, he is guys. still exceedingly broken. Here's my example. We went through a full year of Bloodhound being the most broken character in the game, and like the meta pick, mm-hmm. Seer came out. We're still in a full year of Seer being a broken character in a meta pick. I guess. Yeah. I guess. So we'll see. Uh, I'm enjoying playing Smokes. And you're not having to deal with Gecko's bullshit, but he's an entirely annoying character to deal with. So, sorry to hear. Yeah, hopefully they uh, they patch it a lot sooner than than. We'll see if there's going to be a patch for Gecko. We will probably see it 
in the midseason of this act or mm -hmm. towards act two. And that's only if they feel like he's being oppressive. Because we would end up either with a no chamber problem or a new Astro problem. Is is it is the character white? No. Oh damn. Then it can't be oppressive, you know what I mean? <laughs> All right, well that's been the episode, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. My mouth started moving faster than my brain could like spit out the words. Weird yeah. thing. Um, you know, do us a solid and like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. Uh, we greatly need and appreciate your support. Please, if you are listening, do us a solid by leaving us a review or just tell it, not or, and tell your friends about how cool our content is. That way you can get another person to listen to us and that will keep us going for another day. If one day we disappear and you're like, what happened to Press X Start Gamers Digest? It was you. The blood is on there. Also, hand. we hit the jackpot and we decided that we're actually just going to, I don't know. I would on. still do this podcast if I won the lottery. You know what? We'd actually be able to spend more time. The minute I have the financial independence to just not have to deal with anything in my life, I'm gone. <laughs> I, 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 but I like talking to you guys. <laughs> I mean, if I have the financial independence where I don't need to do a podcast to talk to people, they're just people I just talk to in real life. And I'd have the financial independence <laughs> to be like, oh yeah, you make, you'll make time to hang out with me. Oh, right? Jesus. <laughs> and we can sit and play multiverses all day long. You know what I mean, Avery? <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> all right, guys. You take care. You be safe. And you have a good old time. And you keep playing video games like you should. <laughs>